Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. Fan the flame, I guess technically part four. We're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. It's been our text for the series, and, uh, and then I'll read the verses that we'll use today. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. It says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I'm just going to emphasize this one more week. The gift is not outside of you. The gift is in you. It, it, it's already there. You came pre-packaged. You came pre-ready. God put everything in you that you would need for every challenge that you're going to face. It's in you. That was given to you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, or does not make us afraid, but gives us power. It gives us love, and it gives us self-discipline. I'm going to scoot down to verse 12. This is where we'll be today. It's where Pastor Jamie preached last week. It says, that is why I am suffering as I am. How many know trouble will train you if you let it? Trouble will train you if you let it. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Holy Spirit in there with the gift. The gift is in there. The Holy Spirit's in us. It's like almost like it just needs to be like stirred up. The, 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 the ingredients are there because God knew what he did, was doing when he made you. He knew what he was doing when he created you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. He set you apart. He knew what he was doing, so he prepackaged you with everything that you would need. And so we've been talking about in this series is that we have to become proficient in fanning into flame or stirring up the things that God has already put in us. I feel like God wants to do something today. I really do. I don't believe this is supposed to be just like another TED Talk, another communicative time where we have some revelatory notes that we write down and jot down for a distant time in future. I believe something is happening right now, in this moment, in this room, in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own spirit, and I believe that is the result of people who are hungry enough to stir up the gift of God that is within them. Did, did you know if you don't stir it up, it will never be proactive or never come to pro fruition in your life? If you don't work the gifts, they don't work. And we've talked about this, that, that the gifts are not just what we would think is gifts, like, like I've got a special gift, you've got a special gift, the spiritual gifts, the motivational gifts. The gift that Paul is talking about is a grace. It is empowerment on you to fulfill your God-given assignment. Paul exhorted Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God because he knew that if Timothy didn't work it, it wouldn't work. When you stir it up, when you fan it into flame, when you stir it up, you are proving that you believe that there is something there to stir. If you're trying to fan into flame, you believe there's something there. You would not try it if you didn't believe something was there, you would not stir something if there was nothing there to stir. The fact that we are, or Timothy was willing to stir, 
meant that he believed what Paul was saying, that there was actually something there. I, I want to propose to you today that what you need for your current struggle is pre-packed inside of you and is waiting on you to stir it up. It's waiting on you. Now, I want to speak to the challenge of the, 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 the really, the, they're at odds with each other. It is the desire, but the follow through, right? Like, like, like we can preach this and get motivated. Let's go fan it into flame. But how? How do you, you know, how do you do it? How do you, how do you stir it up? How do you stir the, how do you get them to be active in your life? How, how do you stir these things up? Paul in verse 12, it says, Paul entrusted to, Paul entrusted Timothy to God. He said that, that he had to trust God with Timothy. And then it says, God entrusts Timothy with this gift. Or this grace. I want you to see this because many people that are leaders that are in this room, it is difficult for you when you're mentoring someone or leading someone because the tendency is to try to hold on to the people that you're mentoring. But what Paul had to do is he had to trust God that what he put in Timothy was for Timothy. And he had to entrust the deposit that once was in him and now is in Timothy. And he had to let go. You know, when you're teaching someone to ride a bike, it's, uh, I got to teach my nephew like how to ride a bike. And, and, and so I'm holding the back of, of the seat, right? And I'm running down. I'm getting my cardio in because it's taking a little while and he wants to go faster, you know? So we're like, we're, we're hoofing it, you know, down the street and I'm holding it. But there is a time where you let, you let, like I'm not still on the back of his bike. Because one, I'd be exhausted. Two, he would never learn how to ride on his own. So this is just, just, just a side note for every mentor, every leader, every pastor, if you're a business leader. At some point, whoever you're mentoring, you have to let go of. There is a release that requires faith. And Paul is stuck in the vortex of this dilemma when he says, I have to release you, Timothy. I have to entrust that what God put in you is now for you. And then the command switches to Timothy, and he says, now, Timothy, I have entrusted you to God, but God has entrusted you. And let me say it to you today. God has entrusted you with the things that are in you, with the gift, the grace, the call. I hear people all the time, well, I've been burnt out in ministry, so I'm taking a break. Let me just tell you, taking a break is actually not in the Bible. We just need to readjust where we get our strength from and what our balance is and how we walk through this life. But actually saying, I'm just not going to minister for a while. You're not just not going to be a Christian for a little bit? Is that, what, is that what we're talking about? It's like, is that too early this morning to talk about this? I'm just like, I'm going to take a little break from my Christian duty. No, I don't have a platform. That's, why I, that's not why I preach. Preaching the message of the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ, does not necessitate a platform or an instrument. It is lived out through a life. I don't take a break from ministry. I learn to find balance in ministry so that I can be what God's called me to be. Because if I do not fan into flame the gift of God, it will like dormant within me. And if I don't work it, it won't, it won't work. It won't work. I'm, I'm trying to stay calm today because... I feel really excited. I feel like, I feel the presence of God's like in, in this room. And, and still we got services to go and all this. And, and, and y'all are sitting there like, like you might want to receive something from God. So I, I just, I want to give you something. But I think what I'm about to tell you, if you really apply it, could shift 
The way that you look at your life and the way that you use what God put in you. Paul says this. He says, you're going to have to keep the pattern. Keep the pattern. you got to keep, keep the pattern. You know, it's easier to receive a pattern than it is to keep the pattern. Right, it's way easier to like, kind of like receive the instructions versus actually carrying out the, the instructions. Paul has told Timothy previously, we've already talked about this, what the pattern is. This is the pattern. The pattern that Paul is saying to keep is this, that there is a grace for your race. Your assignment, your, your, your God-given assignment, God's given you the ability to win. God's given you the, will, the ability to conquer. God's given you the ability to succeed in it. So this is, this, is like, this is part of the pattern. Grace for your race. Gifts for your deficiencies. Because we find what Paul says is he says, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, Timothy. On the contrary, he's giving you an antidote. The antidote is power, love, and a sound mind. I'm giving you the opposite of what you have I'm putting in you the up, whatever is attacking you, I'm actually giving you something that will conquer it if you just realize it's in you. So here's the pattern, a grace for your race, gifts for your deficiencies, and then Paul says that he's persuaded. So it's persuasion for your journey. Most people, they get halfway down the journey, but they're just not really convinced. Just not really convinced God is good. Just not convinced. Have too many plan B's, C's, D's, and E's. No, God's got to be the plan. Not a plan, not the best plan for 2018. I'm talking the plan, not the plan of the month, not the new workout phase, not the we're not workout fad. It is, he's it. He's, 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 he's it. So he's, Paul says that this is the pattern that you have to keep. This is the pattern that I want you in. You know, in it's, it's a beautiful time of year because it's football season. Thank you, Lord. Uh, you know, it's just, it just feels right. It feels right after church to go and eat and watch football just all day, just all day long. And on Saturday, it just feels right to just have like game after game of beautiful uh, portrayal of human athleticism and competition. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a good time of year. It's a good time of year. Did, did you know that, that wide receivers, the ones that go out and catch the ball, um, I got to explain some of this for some of these in the front row. They did Yep, the wide receivers like go out and then they have certain routes. It's a pattern. There's, called, there's certain routes called timing routes where a quarterback will throw the ball to a specified place on the field. If the wide receiver runs the route, the ball will intersect with his pattern and it will be a completion. They carry it on to move the ball forward. But if the receiver does not stick to his route, then when the ball is there at the intersection of where it should meet, he will miss it. The ball will be there and he will not because it is imperative for the wide receiver to be able to follow the route. As a believer, what Paul is saying is there is a pattern for you. And it is important for you to follow that pattern because when I throw the ball of your destiny, i got to make sure that you're at the right place to receive it because if you go rogue... That God's going to throw something that you are not in the position to catch. We don't need more Rambos in the body of Christ. We need more co-laborers. We need people that link up, the people that walk together, people that are bought in, people that, are, that, that seek after and obey the will of God. That's, it's the pattern. It's the pattern. So if you're right with the pattern, 
then you'll be right with the results. This is what a lot of people do is, is that there's a wrong pattern and it results in a wrong product and then we blame God. But a wrong pattern will always result in a wrong product. And this is why Paul says you've got to give yourself to the pattern. I had a friend years ago, and uh, he, he kept on, he, he had a problem. He loves food, and uh, he had a problem, like, he would, like, eat, like, at late at night, like, some of the worst food, you know. He'd be, like, he'd be just destroying burgers, you know, at 1 a.m., and then he'd come into work the next day, and he'd be like, man, I am sick. I'm sick. I'm like, no, you're not sick. You just ate, like, four hours ago something you shouldn't have eaten. And uh, so one day he comes in, he goes, he goes, Dustin, that's it. He goes, I will never eat another burger again. And he said this. This is no joke. I, I laugh about it to this day. He goes, I make a vow before God. He's sick at the moment. He's like, I make a vow before God that I will never eat another burger again. And I'm like, oh, bro, that just got heavy. I mean, like, really? I mean, you could have promised. You could have to me. But like, whoa. Like, I don't even want to be in the same McDonald's with you when you break that vow. I mean, it's just like, what's going to happen? Like, you may, like, that's serious. So I'll make a vow. You know, it's way easier to make a vow than it is to keep a vow. And this is why Paul says, I'm not asking you to, to have the pattern, Timothy. I'm not asking you to know the pattern. I'm asking you to keep it. I'm, I'm asking you to, to give yourself to repetition. What, what repetition are we talking about? We're talking about the repetition that we've taught the last weeks that you don't have a spirit of fear, but God's given you power, love, and a sound mind, and you were inspired two weeks ago, but have you slipped back into fear? Because it wasn't a pattern, it was a moment. But God is trying to move you from moments into patterns so that if you be consistent with the pattern, you'll be consistent with the product. It's not one Sunday that you don't have fear. It's supposed to be a lifetime where you have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Is anybody hearing what I'm talking about this morning? I believe God wants to set someone free. Some people say I'm too intense. I, I understand, partially. But if you want to be a part of a dead church, there's a lot of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that too much today? I'm so sorry, Wiley. Like, like I, I believe God wants to invigorate his people with things that will actually work. Not just empty songs and empty moments and empty principles, but revelation that comes from heaven that will really shift the way that we think and the way that we live. The pattern is not for a moment. It is for a lifetime. And Timothy, if you keep the pattern, you'll get the, you'll get the results. And the reason I can entrust you to God is because I'm trusting that you'll keep the pattern. I'll keep it. And then, then Paul says this. He says, and guard Guard the good deposit. Guard it. Did you know that Paul would never give the instruction to guard unless that what was put in you would be contested? I think sometimes that we have this idea that when we get saved, it's just like, oh, I'm me and my little gifts, and we're just going to live this wonderful, beautiful life. And it's like, no, when God puts something so precious in you, it's, it's, you, you, you can live in the safest area in the world. You can live in the greatest suburb of America, which we believe is around this area. It, and it doesn't matter. If you go put a pile of cash on your front porch, I'm going to guarantee you 
that it's not going to last the week. I mean, just like, I mean, just, just stack of Benjamins just right there on your porch. And you can say, man, I live in a safe place. This, no, anything of value will come under attack if it is not guarded. So Paul says, you've got to guard the good deposit. I love that, that he says it's good. You've got to guard the good deposit. The things that God has deposited, what, is those, what are those things? It is the grace. The same thing we talked about four weeks ago is the same thing that Paul is still talking about in verse 13 and 14. He says, guard the good deposit. You have to watch over it. You have to be mindful of it. When fear starts to creep in, no, I'm aware. I'm guarding the good deposit. God gave me power, love, and a sound mind, so I'm watching over it. I'm guarding it. I'm not letting myself slip into old patterns and old routines and old rhythms. I've given myself to a new pattern. I've given myself to a new way of thinking. I set my mind on what my spirit, on what the spirit of God desires. I fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. I've made up my mind. I'm changing something about who I am. I'm changing my pattern. I'm changing my product and I've got to guard it. I've got to guard it. I've got to watch over it. I've got to protect it. We've got to make sure, we've got to make sure that I do not lose it. We will not guard what we do not see as valuable. Unfortunately for us, the default position of our brains, our flesh, our desires, the default position is not holiness and righteousness. Right? Our default position, if you were to shift your mind in neutral, it would not coast to God. If you were to shift your mind in neutral, it would not coast to faith. If you were to shift your mind in neutral, it would not coast to holiness. When you shift your mind in neutral, it coasts to sin. It coasts to selfishness. It, that's, that's our default position. That's why... Many believers get so hung up on how to live right is because they think by making the right decision, by giving their life to Jesus, that that's going to change everything about them. But in Romans chapter 12, it says you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. I, I, I love the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit, but if you do not change your mind then you are at the mercy of your own thoughts. That's why Paul is, Paul is a very intelligent man. He, 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 he was learned. He studied under the greatest theologians of that day. He was not just kind of come, show up, try to teach something. This dude knew what he was talking about. And he says, you have to guard it, Timothy. You've struggled with fear. You've struggled with insecurity. You've struggled with some of these negative patterns. And I'm, I'm afraid that when I entrust you to God, that your default is going to come back. See, that's, what, that's what's kind of discouraging sometimes about church. Because we come like this, and you get somebody crazy up here, you know, jumping around. You're like, well, I've never been in a church like this. This is interesting. And, and, and you're scared, you know. And, and, um, and, and, and then by the end of it, you know, maybe, I'm just speaking optimistically, like, like you're like, oh, yeah. I can do this. There might be a little something in me. You know, like, like you start to, start to loosen up a little bit. And it's like you're not so freaked out when someone shouts or jumps up and says something. It's like, security. It's just, it's okay. We're all here together. It, 
And by the end of it, you know, you, you kind of feel this, this motivation. But I don't know about you, but for me, motivation's never lasted that long. That's why you have to learn how to make up your mind. Because if you can't make up your mind, you ever woke up in the morning and you felt like, like not getting up? Some of you that like fitness and working out, did you know that like there's these workout crazes that happen, right? It's like the new thing and everybody buys it. It's the same thing labeled differently, but it's the new thing, right? This one's going to get me the results. I will be shredded in two and a half days. I'm just like, you know, that's it. Promises, you know, like we get excited. It's like if you drink this and take two of these pills, you can eat whatever you want. You will look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in an hour. You know, like it, it, it's, it's not type of workout you do or what, sh, what diet you choose or what label we put on it. Let me, let me help you with something. It's actually the consistency in, in which you do it. You know why the program didn't work for you? Because you never made it to the end. Nah, that didn't work. That P90X, it hurts. So that's out. Now we got re, to redo it, rename it, rebrand it, get another drink, get another shake, get another couple pills, go at it. I did this back in the day. I used to do that, uh, the, the little shocker for the abs, real electronic currents. I'm like, oh yeah, I saw it on TV. It's like, you can get a six pack. I'm like, done. So literally I'd lay and watch movies and let that thing just shock my abs. It is, I don't have the largest legs, so I just strapped that thing on my calves and just thought it would give me monster calves like Pastor Steve, but it didn't work. It's not in the gimmick. It's in the consistency. It's, it's, in the, it's in keeping the pattern. You ever made a decision with your money like, oh, we will not spend another dollar on frivolous things. We're saving for the future. It's awesome. That's, that's amazing. But then like three weeks go by and you're like, ah. You know, I need a new pair of jeans. It's, it's some silly because we make these vows and we make these pledges in moments, and this is what happens in churches all over America every single Sunday, is we're gonna have a moment at the end of this message and you are going to make a decision. But if you don't take that pattern and you don't decide, decide in your mind to guard it, it will become a moment and not a pattern. But we have to turn moments into patterns so that we produce something in our life and we actually see measurable, calculable change. And that's what our city is looking for, not for a bunch of moments. They've seen moments for years, for generations. They are looking for a pattern to change in the life of a believer. What will make the world want what you have unless something works for you? Oh, the newest church with the newest lights and the newest programs. Here we are. We're the next workout fad. Unless it works. We'll take people that have consistent prayer lives. Doesn't matter what church they go to. We'll take a picture of them, put them on our social media so we can say, look at this product. That's what, that's what workout things do, right? It's like, you're ripped. Take a picture. Hold this shake. It works. No, it's, it's, it's not. It's, it's promotion. It's marketing. You know the best marketing for the body of Christ? It's not a picture, not a social media post, not a moment. 
It's, it's product, it's production that comes from a pattern of godliness, a pattern of righteousness. I was talking to a young leader this week, and I, I told him, I said, would you stop announcing yourself? Just build something. And what you build will announce you. Pour yourself into people. Pour yourself into lives that need you. Build something. Put your head down. Stop looking to the right or to the left. And what you build will announce you. What you build will produce for you. We're all like, how do we get rich quick? How do we find it now? How do we cut the process? How do we cut the pattern? Stop trying to cut the pattern. The pattern is what will result, will give you the, the desired result. It's the pattern. But if you don't guard it, the pattern will just be a moment. Then Paul, he just has to throw this in. He says this in verse 14. He's, he says, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Now there's a bunch of different types of people, okay? There's, there's a type of people that are all pattern people. They never move from their chair in their living room, but they know all the patterns. And when you're struggling, they'll send you 13 spreadsheets of patterns, right? They've never done it, but they'll tell you. It's like people never built the church, but they will, they'll tell you how to do it, how you should dress, what you should drive, where you should go, like, got, got it, all that. Patterns. Then there's people that are fighters, right? We're going to guard. We don't know what we're guarding, but we're guarding. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? You know, it's like, it's like whoa, it's, it's cool. Like, we're friends. Like, what? You're trying to take what I have? Like, devil behind every bush, right? There's, there's those people. And, and, and then, there's, then there's the helper people. It's all Holy Spirit, right? Every, everything, everything. It's like, you're about to run out of gas. Holy Spirit? Like, no, no, no. Go fill it up. Right? It's, sometimes we waste our prayers on the things that our diligence should provide for. Like we should stop asking God for money, for real, and just be good stewards. Well, that got quiet real fast. Y'all were cheering, and then it like died. That just—it's not a good moment. We should we should stop asking God for things that, that our own diligence should provide, and really spend time on things that, like He says, to fan into flame the gift of God, the internal things. And so we got the people that are so focused on the Holy Spirit, which I love the Holy Spirit. But if you only use the Holy Spirit, but you do not have a pattern, you just fly around, flit around, believing the Holy Spirit to do everything for you and never believing that there is any responsibility for you. But Paul goes full circle because he's very intellectual. He has, he has his cognitive ability is, is, is just so far above even any of his contemporaries. And, and, and so he goes so far above it. He says you need the pattern and you need to guard it, but you guard it with the help. This is now, this is a full circle. You guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the helper. That he is the person of God, the personality of God that helps you. When the Bible says, I love this, the Bible says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. It is manifested through the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is here. And I'll show you the scripture in John chapter 14, verse 16. It says, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus said, I have to leave so that the Holy Spirit 
will come. And that Holy Spirit will be the one that will be with you forever. He will be your comforter. He will be your convictor. He will be your teacher. And he will be your helper. So when Paul says, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit, he is saying that the Holy Spirit is present to help you guard and to help you keep the practical things of your life. It is a combination of spiritual and practical. Practical and spiritual. Those things work together. It is the power of the Holy Spirit helping me guard and helping me keep the pattern that God has given to me. God sees the deposit that he put in you as valuable enough that he's commissioned his Holy Spirit to help you guard it. Think about that for a second. Is that the deposit has been so good to you, and God sees it as so valuable, he says, I'm not even going to let you just guard this one on your own. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to make sure and help you guard what I put in you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Guard it. Luke chapter 3 verse 16 says, John answered all of them, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Everybody says that a little like quieter. Like, oh, I don't know. Should, should we buy in on this? Holy Spirit and with fire. Fan into. Ooh. Ooh. Paul says, fan into flame. We know that the Holy Spirit will come and he will baptize you with, to be able to fan something into flame, you have to have a flame. To be, he didn't say start the flame, he said fan it into flame, which gives us the connotation that the flame had been there, it had just died down. It's in its ember status, it's in its ashes status. So all we've got to do is stir it up, we got to fan, but the flame that's in us didn't come from us. It came from the Holy Spirit because he said, I'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Half of you are just completely inspired and half of you are like, did he just say the Holy Spirit and fire? <laughs> what does that mean? What is about to happen next? Watch out. Sugar. The Holy Spirit and fire. And f it fan into flame. The gift of God. Luke chapter 11, verse 11. This is going to calm somebody's fears. It says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? It's very descriptive. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I love this. I love this because the Holy Spirit is not trying to give you something evil God's not trying to give you something scary or freaky. God's not trying to take you over and control you. He says, just like a good father would give a good gift to his children, I want to give a good gift to you because what's in you is so valuable that you're going to come under some attack. And under that attack, I want you to keep the pattern. I, I believe that you can. I'm trusting you that you can do it. I want you to guard it, but, but also I want, you to, I want you to leak arms with my Holy Spirit, who is the helper. So I don't want you to have to go with this alone. I want you just to, that's what the word actually means in the Greek for the Holy Spirit is parakletos, which means paraclete, which is one who comes alongside. The picture is one, like arm in arm, like you would link arms, like Red Rover, Red Rover. You know, it's just like, like, like you're linked up, like bring it. And you, you're linked up. Just arm in arm, walking together. God doesn't want you to walk through this life alone. 
Maybe you came in today and you feel alone. Maybe you, you, you felt like at a distance from God or disconnected from God or maybe unable to conquer the trouble that you find yourself in or the difficulty that you find yourself in. And I've got great news for you is that God pre-packed you with everything that you need to win. But not only did he do that, there is an enemy that will come against those things that are in you, so you will have to guard it. But he didn't leave you defenseless. He said, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you him. Because what's in you is so valuable that you got to have some help. So don't just guard it. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Link up. Link up together. Use the help. I was thinking through, like, specifically for us, like, what should we ask the Holy Spirit? Maybe you're new to our church, or maybe you're new to this thought. And, and, and I just thought of just some things that maybe even this week you could pray and you could ask on your commute or as, as you're going about your business. That Ask the Holy Spirit to help me see what you put in me. Just a real simple prayer. Holy Spirit, help me see. If you're, like, you're here to help me guard, what are we guarding? Help me see what you put in me. Holy Spirit, help me guard what you put in me. What is the enemy to what God put in you? Holy Spirit, will you help me guard it? Will you help? Maybe it's your purity. Maybe it's your integrity. Maybe it's your character. Maybe, maybe it's your love for Jesus. Maybe it's your passion for Jesus. What, what, maybe it's your love for people. Whatever it is, God, and then you speak the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, will you help me guard what you put in me? Holy Spirit, help me use. I don't want to just have it. I want to use it, so help me use what you put in me. And then I just added this one on because I was excited and thought it would be fun. Holy Spirit, stir me up. Stir me up. Help me. What has happened to the church? The complacency, the satisfaction, the fashion show, the checkoff list, the, 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 the popularity contest. The, man, we got to get back. We got to get back to the pure, unadulterated passion, the pure, unadulterated fire that burns in the heart of the believer, not to be someone or be something, but to make someone known. A fire in the heart of believer that is not natural. It is not our default. It is something that has to be stirred. It's something that has to be fanned into flame. It's something that has to be, it has to be, it has, it has to be seen and it has to be tended to. Tended to. I want to love Jesus more. It's not just going to happen, sir. It's not just going to happen, ma'am. You're going to have to stir it. You're going to have to give attention to it. You're going to have to fan it. It's there. It's God-given. His Holy Spirit is there to help you. But you are going to have to apply yourself. That's great for pastors. It's not for pastors. The Bible says the people that he's given to the church are given to the church to do the work of the ministry, and it's us. And it says pastors are to train the ones who are to do the work of the ministry. We have reversed it, so now we expect the pastors to do so that we can sit. And that's not what your Bible says. The Bible says that we need to empower you to do the work of the ministry. So today, hear me, fan it into flame. It's in you because he loves you. It's in you because he sees you. It's in you because he predestined your path. It's in you because he has a plan for you. It's in you because he's given you grace for whatever race that you find yourself in today. Keep the pattern. Guard the deposit. Use the help. 
Keep the pattern. Guard the deposit. Use the help. Keep the pattern. Guard the deposit. Use the help. Keep the pattern. Guard the deposit. You, th- this would change your life. This would change your life. Some of us, we've never kept something in all our life. We've got to keep the pattern. We've got to keep it. Remember that time God spoke to you and you said, I'll never go back. Go back to that moment. Someone will keep it. Remember that time you committed, you're going to read the Bible through in like 30 days? So you know you make the promises. Go back to that passion and then keep it. Go back to the thing that tried to take you out and guard your sound mind. What stole your sound mind? What stole, what's, what stole your power? What stole your love? Go back to that place and then guard it. Guard your passion. Guard your love for Jesus. Guard your love for the church. Guard your love for leaders. Guard your love for him. Guard your love for his presence. Guard it. With the help of the Holy Spirit, you're not alone. You're not by yourself. He's by your side. He's walking with you. He's standing beside you. He's leading you and guiding you. You're not alone. And together, together, we can fan into flame this beautiful gift. You know your gift's different than mine? That's okay, because I don't need to fan your gift into flame for my life. I can look at yours and sometimes compare and be jealous, but, but what I need to do is just fan into flame my gift, because my gift overlays my journey, and your gift overlays your journey. Your grace overlays your race. My grace overlays my race. And when we do that, we can move forward and be the church of Jesus Christ that he has called us to be. And I believe it's happening even now in this room. That if you hear you the sound of my voice right now, that God's stirring something in you. God's fanning something into flame. Even in this moment, my prayer all week has been God if they don't hear a word I say let something stir in them let a flame just kick up on the inside of them where they feel what is that what's happening in me let's stir up the ingredients the Holy Spirit and the gift of God let it fan into flame let it fan into flame thanks for listening you can find out more about us at church1132.com